0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 21st, 2020. My name is Philip Ross and I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can just follow me on Twitter at Philip O. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll recap the Magic's 120 to 117 win over the Charlotte Hornets. We'll break down kind of the lessons that we've learned from this preseason, as well as our concerns that are still lingering as we get ready for the regular season. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Miami Heat or the Charlotte Hornets or any team in the NBA? Check out Locked On Heat, Locked On Hornets, or search for the team you're looking for. Whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode... It's also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. The Atlanta Magic entered their final preseason game of the season trying to make amends. Um, Obviously, their their second effort in Atlanta was not anything near what they wanted it to be. And their their third effort against Charlotte was not what they wanted either, although they, they seemed to have a good excuse after two hard days of practice in training camp. And so the Magic wanted to prove something. It didn't have to be a lot. It didn't have to be a ton. It's still the preseason after all. There's still plenty to work on. But after spending maybe the first game getting their feet wet, the second game just not showing up, and the third game experimenting a little bit, Game 4 was the dress rehearsal. And if Game 4 was the dress rehearsal, if Game 4 was the Magic trying to look like they'll look in the regular season, well... They did a pretty good job of it. Orlando raced out to as much as a 22-point lead. They had an 18-point lead, I believe, in the first quarter. Um, they they were in control of the game all the way throughout until the fourth quarter. We'll talk about the fourth quarter in a bit. But through three quarters when, before the Magic starters gave way for the rest of the game, the Magic dominated, plain and simple. They, you know, they weren't perfect by any means. There's still a long way to go. But Orlando played with an intensity and focus that... We've been, frankly, asking them, asking from them throughout this entire preseason. The Magic played with kind of a regular season urgency and intensity and showed that perhaps those first three games, they were playing kind of at preseason speed. They weren't necessarily playing at full tilt. Magic weren't at full tilt in this one either, but they were a lot better. Aaron Gordon scored 20 points on 6-for-15 shooting with 9 rebounds. Nikola Vucevic had 18 points and 12 rebounds on 4-for-6 shooting from beyond the arc. Evan Fournier and Markel Fultz each had 11 points. Terrence Ross had 11 points off the bench. The Magic moved the ball and got whatever shot they wanted. They defended really well, minus a three-point line, which we'll, which we'll get to in a sec. The Magic defended well and kept Charlotte from gaining any kind of momentum. They played with the pace and pressure that they wanted to. They dictated the terms of the game, and that's exactly what the Magic wanted to do. Again, the Magic could not have asked for a better three-quarters, to be perfectly honest. Everyone played their part. Everyone did what they were supposed to do. And the Magic looked like a team that could dominate a team like the Charlotte Hornets. Mind you, a team that they're going to be competing with for a playoff spot. Uh, and a team that could not just, not just dominate a team like Charlotte, but a team that could play at a very, very high level. Again, it's not perfect. Making shots makes everyone look better, and Orlando made plenty of shots in those first three quarters. Through the first three quarters, Orlando had, I think it was an 18-point lead. It was... It was a fantastic effort for Orlando and, and a game that, that they'll certainly be very, very happy about. But we cannot talk about this game without talking a little bit about the fourth quarter and a little bit about what happened in the fourth quarter. Orlando went from dominating the game to all of a sudden being in trouble. Orlando gave up, I believe, it was 17 unanswered points at one, at one point of the game uh, and gave up their lead. They're, they, they led by—I'm doing the math real fast in my head— they led by 16 points entering the start of the fourth quarter and that was gone very, very quickly. Charlotte started pressuring the Magic's guards and, and again, the Magic had Cole Anthony out there. They had um, they had their bench units out there. They started pressuring the Magic's guards and hit a ton of threes. Ter- uh, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, both hit a ton of threes. And all of a sudden, the Hornets had some momentum. But Steve Clifford was not going back to his starters. The starters had done their job. They Again, if you're looking for that to say the Magic starters won the game by 16. That's all I really care about. Um, I, I kind of told someone before the game started, actually, you know, all I really want to see is a really good first half or a really good half of basketball and then just shut everyone down and that, 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 that would be okay. And, I, and we definitely got that. Um, but Steve Clifford let his young guys work through it. He didn't go to the deep bench at all. He let Cole Anthony, he let that second unit with Chumo Kiki out there work their way through it. And they did a good job at the end of the day. Orlando was able to stem the tide. Yes, they went down by four at one point. They went down by five, I think, at one point. But they kept coming back. Devin Kennedy came in with the—in the last two minutes, he was cut, but made a huge three. And then Cole Anthony did the rest. In fact, Cole Anthony scored 12 of his 19 points in the fourth quarter. And with the Magic down by one, with less than a minute to play, Anthony took the ball at the top of the key, found a way to create some space, hit a floater for the win. He would actually get a rebound and then make two more free throws. Uh, to seal the win, but the Orlando Magic won the game one twenty to one seventeen. The fourth quarter does not matter. The only part of the fourth quarter that matters is that Cole, as as how that bench unit responded to getting punched in the face the way that they did in the fourth quarter by by uh, by giving up that run, um, learning from their mistakes in a lot of ways. That was a good sign, as as much as it stunk to give up thirty nine points in in the fourth quarter and give up such a big lead and 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 you know kind of leave a sour taste in everyone's mouth from this preseason, coming back the way that they did was really, really good. So, too, was Cole Anthony's ability to finish the game and make that big shot. That is a huge conference boost, and Cole Anthony was certainly one of the best rookies in the entire NBA throughout the preseason, uh, and again, certainly as well, had a very strong preseason for the Orlando Magic. I believe he averaged half points per game. Um, not a lot to complain about with Cole Anthony. He looks like he's going to be a guy that can play for this Orlando Magic team. As for the rest of the starters... They all kind of had their moments. I mean, I would say Evan Fournier still kind of hung around in the background a little bit more than he will when the games count. He's at four. He was four for seven for the game. Um, Markel Foltz was four for eleven. So you know, maybe some of the strong play from the beginning of the beginning of the preseason started to peter off a little bit. Um, but largely, he played well. Um, Nikola Vucevic was the star of the game, in my opinion. His 18 points, all within the rhythm of the offense, exactly where the Magic want him shooting the ball, exactly how the Magic want him shooting. You know, his defense. I wouldn't say was super dialed in yet. But again, the Magic were scrambling and defending at a much higher level than they have at any point in this preseason. I think that was a really, really good sign to see. Um, Ken Birch had a nice game as well. He added five rebounds and nine points. Tuma Okiki, I thought, had his best game. I know he shot only two for six and missed all three of his three-point attempts. But his defense was really good. You saw his defensive instincts on display uh, and why the Magic are so high on him and why the Magic are going to really kind of let him go through some growing pains because he made... He made at least one incredible play where he guard, where he rotated onto four different players at one point. Um, you you might remember that Lonzo Ball play from a few years ago. It was very much like that. Some good scrambling, uh, good contesting, and, and the Magic again defended at a much higher level in this game than they have, um, really throughout the throughout the preseason. So, the Magic exit the preseason with a one twenty to one seventeen victory over the Charlotte Hornets. That part's not really important. What matters is the magic looked a lot better, a lot more in rhythm, and a lot more ready for the regular season to begin. We'll talk about our the lessons that we learned from the regular season coming up here in just a moment. But it is late December, which means college bowl season is right around the corner. We now know that uh, now know the teams that are coming to Orlando for the bowl games, including my Northwestern Wildcats beat Auburn. I don't care if you're Auburn fans out there. Sorry, Chuma. Beat Auburn. Um, And the NFL regular season also finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. There is only one place that has you covered and one place you trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Check it out today. They have all the games that you want to gamble on, NFL games of the week. Current the, the top games in college football, including college football playoff, and all the best games in all of sports. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus your first on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at Bet underscore AG on Twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use that promo code Locked On for your sign up bonus. Hashtag online. Additionally, we've been talking about this a little bit. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you a little bit more about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a unique uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at bluenile.com and when they're gone they are gone. We all know that diamond that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people and with 1010 it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. So the NBA preseason is over. We're finally here. The NBA regular season is set to begin on Wednesday. The Magic took Sunday off, the practice Monday and Tuesday before the games count for real. And everything's been sort of building up to this moment. This is a young team but still a veteran team full of guys that know how to get themselves ready and know exactly what it takes to play in the regular season, to succeed in the regular season. As as small as it has been, the Magic going to the playoffs does give them a little bit of clout and does give them at least a little bit of understanding of how to be ready and how to get through this journey. And of course this journey only 72 games this time rather than the full 82 game schedule there's been a lot of hand-wringing and consternation about what this season's actually going to look like and ex- how the league is actually going to execute this season. And that's, A lot of that is honestly fair. Um, we don't know what this season's going to ultimately look like. We don't know how this season's going to ultimately play out, and we don't know, you know what challenges are completely unforeseen. I mean, there's always unforeseen challenges in any season, but this one certainly does have a little bit more at stake or a little bit more that could go wrong than normal. But the Magic are in a position where they probably feel like they'll make it or at least, or feel like they, they can accomplish their goals. There's a lot to do. Don't get me wrong. We're going to talk about some of the areas the Magic still need to work on, some of the things we do need to see. But the Magic showed plenty during their preseason run to give you a little bit of confidence. So let's go over a few things that you should feel confident about with the Orlando Magic now that the preseason is over. The first thing is Cole Anthony. We talked a lot about him throughout the course of the preseason. Every preseason, rookies get a ton of attention um, because they don't know how to get themselves ready. They're playing an NBA basketball game for the first time. Um, And so to see the way that Cole Anthony grew throughout the course of the preseason was super encouraging. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, again, I always say this about Summer League more particularly. In Summer League, you don't find out who can play. You find out who can't play. And preseason is sort of the same way. You find out if a guy, you know, if a guy can't play, if a guy can't stay or hold his own on an NBA court. And again, you know, you look at Chumokiki, Kiki. Chumo Kiki's got a little bit longer way to go, and and I fully I thought Chumokiki Kiki would be further along than he is. But a lot of it just feels like confidence with Chuma. Chuma doesn't quite feel comfortable on the court yet, and, and I think you know the Magic are willing to be patient through those growing pains as he gets there. But even him, we saw flashes of what he can be: the defensive instincts, the shooting that he has. I, I, Okiki is someone that I think the Magic are very happy to continue investing in uh, and continue to, to wait on. But Cole Anthony was the undoubted star of the preseason. Now, even among the Magic's veterans, Anthony really stood out. Uh, he was you know, certainly probing and certainly learning and certainly trying to figure out where his spots were. He committed a, a lot of turnovers too, um, especially in that fourth quarter. He got victimized a little bit. Rookies get picked on. He's going to get picked on early on in his career. There's no doubt about it. He's going to have to prove his place on the floor. But Anthony showed his great shooting and scoring ability. Honestly, the biggest thing that surprised me about Cole Anthony through these first four preseason games is how much of a better passer he is than I thought. And it's not just assist numbers. He is making really good reads and making difficult passes around the floor. Um, Is he ever going to be a guy that leads the league in assists or anything like that? Probably not. But he is a very capable passer. And I think that is something that I did not expect to see from him because he just came in build as such a score. The other thing that's definitely changed about the Orlando Magic is Markel Fultz really does have control over this team. Uh, And, and, you know, first-year point guards always struggle. There's going to still be struggle this year for Markel Fultz. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't think we're, we're going to see the final version of Markel Fultz here. He's going to have moments where he struggles and doesn't quite have his grasp on everything. And a lot of that's going to be just, you know, and Steve Clifford's talked about this, is figuring out how to manage a game. But I would say, through the first four preseason games, Fultz largely looked in control of the game. Largely looked like he knew exactly where everyone needed to be and exactly the pace and tempo that he needed to play out to get them there. And that's really big from a point guard. The scoring ability is still not there 100%. Um, you know, he's certainly... Can he, I, he will have big games? He'll have games where it just all clicks and it works, and he's going to have games where he struggles a little bit from the field. Um, you know, I, I think the shooting is still going to be a work in progress throughout the course of the season, but Fultz's confidence seems sky high. He certainly seems super focused and certainly seems very capable of playing at the level that the Magic need him to play at. And Fultz, I thought, played exceptionally well. The last thing I want to talk. Last thing I want to mention is Nikola Vucevic does look like he carried something over from the bubble. Um, You know, one of the big things. You know, he talked about it. You know, having played in the bubble, having uh, played so well in the bubble, and then having a killer playoff series, Vucevic has said that that gave him an extra level of confidence that he could do this, that he could play at that high level. And Steve Clifford, I think, even mentioned this, or it was either Steve Clifford or Jeff Waltman mentioned this, like, okay. Now you've shown you can play like that in the playoffs. Do that every day. And one of the things the Magic are gonna have Vucevic do, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I agree with it. And I'm gonna dive a little bit deeper into it later. Um, they're gonna have Vucevic shoot more threes. Um, you know, he shot six three-point attempts in in three quarters against the the Hornets on on Saturday. The Magic say they want him up around seven or eight per game. Which to me that's a little much, but that also opens up the floor. I mean, at this point. Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, and Nikola Vucevic are probably the three biggest three-point threats on the floor. Um, But, so having him on the perimeter helps everyone else out. Helps, you know, Markel Fultz attack the basket. Helps Aaron Gordon stay in the paint where he's a little bit more effective. There's certainly something to it. And I think the biggest key for the Magic as they move into the regular season is making sure they mix up Nikola Vucevic's looks. Make sure... He's not just hanging around the three-point line that he gets some paint touches, that he gets into the, in the lane, gets some offensive rebound opportunities. It's not just him hanging around the three-point line, because frankly, if Vucic is just hanging around the three-point line, I think you take away a lot of his effectiveness, and I think you know he falls into the trap of wanting to shoot, shoot jumpers more than using his postgame, which is, is pretty solid for, for, a big, for a big man, especially for, in, in today's NBA, especially. But Nikola Vucic was a leading scorer for the Magic throughout the preseason. He had several big games, you know, the biggest one, of course, coming on Saturday. This guy, you know, I, I won't say that Nikola Vucic is ready for a breakout season, but I think he's certainly going to be back on par with his 2019 season. The only big concern I still have is his defense. It's the same concerns we always have about his defense. Um, but a lot of that's being assuaged that it's preseason. And and again, I I got the sense throughout the entire preseason that the Magic were kind of in a preseason mode, that they were in a preseason gear. That you know, they, not that they weren't trying hard, but they weren't willing to go that extra mile. They're going to have to go when the regular season begins. That's going to be one of the concerns we talk about here, though, as the Magic exit the preseason. We'll talk about that here coming up in just a moment. But first, Built Bar is back and more delicious than ever in 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, carrot cake, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread. I could go on. This is the best protein bar, best energy bar on the market. It is not a meal replacement bar. It is a snack bar with most coming under 150 calories. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Great for the health-conscious person to lose your maintained weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Right now, Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger. Joins Dunk Don podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger Duncan today wherever you get podcasts. Steve Clifford's philosophy throughout the entire preseason has been to let the players play. That was his philosophy before the bubble. That's just generally his philosophy when there's been such a long time off. He's very much about preparation uh, and having players play at their peak. And he feels the only way they could have done that was to play a lot of five-on-five, five, was to get a lot of game action. Essentially, uh, the team's been out of commission for a long time. And so, he wanted to get them out on the floor. And that has led to the team not being fully prepared. And, and Cl- by Clifford's estimation, or Clifford's belief, is other teams are feeling the same way. That they are not where they should be in before the regular season. The September workouts, the mini camp is completely gone. And obviously, training camp was vastly abbreviated. Only four preseason games instead of six, so that's an extra week that they lose of prep time. So Clifford wanted to make sure his players could play because, again, they probably didn't play that much during the shortened offseason, with gyms likely closed wherever they are. So the Magic in the preseason certainly looked a little bit like a team that had a lot of work to do. Go back to that fourth quarter from Saturday's game. Clifford said that the Magic had not worked on press break. That this Hornets threw something at the Magic they had not gone over quite yet. And it showed. They didn't know what to do. They looked lost, and that's how presses get you when you don't know what to do. The Magic tried another strategy that they haven't tried very often. They tried blitzing pick and rolls in Thursday's game against the Hornets. They did a little bit as well in, in the game against the second game against the Hawks. And Clifford said, you know, it's something that we, try, that we did a little bit more of toward the end of last season. He believes that they have to mix up their pick and roll coverage a little bit more. But he said they hadn't fully gone over or fully drilled exactly what the rotations are and exactly what they have to do. And so he said they just kind of threw it out there just to see how they would respond. And obviously they struggled a bit and looked very disorganized. This is all preseason stuff though. Games don't count. You can experiment a little bit. You can go out and just kind of try things out. That's all well and good. But throughout the preseason, the Magic also struggled with some very basic things. You look at what the Charlotte Hornets did on Saturday. They made, I think it was 16 threes. The Magic were one of the best teams at defending the three-point line last year. Um, Under Steve Clifford and really throughout Steve Clifford's entire head coaching run, defending the three-point line has been a calling card of his team. Magic gave up a ton of threes to the Hawks, gave up a ton of threes to the Hornets in both games. Now, is this something that the Magic can simply tighten up? I don't know. I, I, certainly the evidence and history suggests that they will button this up a little bit. But I don't know. The defense was in such bad shape at the end of last season. Um, the Magic, you know, when they when they had the top offense in the league after the all break into the league went on hiatus in those 10 games, the Magic were in the bottom 10 in the league in defensive rating. And there were some signs that things were rounding into form, but we didn't see a full game effort from that defense. And that remains a big question mark for this team. Getting the defense right. Because no matter what we say about anything else, This team is built on its defense. And if this team can't be confident that their defense is going to be strong, then this team is going to be in trouble. That's just plain and simple. This team is going to be in trouble if they can't rely on their defense. Their offense and their offensive success, their ability to get out and transition, is built on their ability to defend, to get stops, to get opportunities to break because of their defense. And frankly, even though I think that the Magic were playing at, you know, preseason speed, their defense still leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, Cole Anthony still gets vict- is going to get victimized, so is Chuma Kiki as rookies. Um, you know, Michael Carter-Williams is still a pest, but certainly the Magic were over-aggressive a lot on fouling throughout the preseason, and that usually gets scaled back once the regular season begins, so it's not super concerning. But still, you know, Aaron Gordon played a half a basketball and fouled like it. Now, Evan Fournier had a, had a lot of fouls in a lot of areas. Mark Fultz turned his head a lot and lost the ball, which was a problem last year too. And, you know, a lot of these guys want to take pride in their defense, but they've got to show it on the floor. Now, again, I've said it a million times this episode, it is preseason. You don't want to read too much into anything. The other thing is that the magic shooting is still going to be a concern. There's still a lot of players on the team that 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 team that opponents are going to simply ignore on the three point line, none more so than Michael Carter Williams, who on several occasions could not hit the broad side of a bar. And while Michael Carter-Williams' defense and edge is super valuable and super needed, if he is unable to be even a nominal threat from beyond the arc, the Magic are going to be in trouble. That is for certain. The Magic's offense is still going to have its moments where it's stuck in the mud. Um, This is still not a great offensive team, and I think pace certainly will help, and I think the Magic's strategy to try and spread the floor out by bringing Vucevic out of the paint and to the three-point line is going to help a little bit, Bottom line is this team still needs a top-end score. This team still needs the one thing that we all know it needs. Cole Anthony plays like it, but we don't know what he's going to do in the big in the big show. Aaron Gordon wants to be it, and, and I and I, I think Aaron Gordon did a very good job kind of reining in some of those quote-unquote star instincts or those Kobe instincts or whatever you want to call it. But that element is still missing. And, you know, we didn't see Evan Fournier kind of take full step forward. We didn't see a lot of guys... Kind of play at full speed. We saw it a little bit more on Saturday than anything else. So Saturday was certainly an encouraging day. Like, no doubt about it. Saturday was an encouraging day. An encouraging game. But the Magic still have a lot of work to do. Their defense was not perfect. Gave up too many threes, especially. And Wednesday is still going to look a little messy. The first couple games of the season are probably still going to look messy as the team gets its rhythm back. But hopefully the Magic strategy of just rolling the ball out and letting him play has helped them get there quicker than others. The preseason is over now. The games begin to count. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts if you're tuning in to Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places the the podcast or your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philip underscore md And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can also follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Oh we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic, but until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic.